Happy New Year, Franklin families, and welcome to FPS Voice. We are excited to enter not only a new year, but a new decade. We hope you enjoyed the break and that you were able to enjoy maybe a few low-key days. Maybe you traveled, visited family or friends, or both. Uh, whatever you did, we hope you all enjoyed it. Our students and faculty came back ready to go in 2020, and uh, it was a great way to get back into school, we're ready with alarm clocks, bus stops, homework. Uh, we're happy to have everyone here. So I'm joined today by Lucas Jagir, who is the Assistant Superintendent of Franklin Public Schools. And we're here to talk about a committee that um, you might not be uh, aware of or you might not know much about. It's called the SWAC Committee, which stands for Student Wellness Advisory Council. And SWAC is facilitated by our Assistant Superintendent, Lucas. And it consists of a variety of members, including principals, uh, members of the administrative team, department heads, students, school committee members, uh, community members. It really is a diverse group. So, uh, hi, Lucas, how are you? I'm well, thank you for having me and happy new year. Yeah, thank you for coming. So Lucas is, uh, like I said, he's the facilitator of the SWAC committee. So he is certainly a great person to talk to about not only what's going on currently, but what they have worked on in the past. So Lucas, could you share first just a little bit about the goals of SWAC? Sure, sure. So I'm proud to be here to, to represent SWAC and just really talk about the overview um, of our committee and what we've what we're responsible for. Uh, SWAC was created in 2013, and it was really um, created with the focus on establishing and recommending and reviewing um, school district policies that address school nutrition, nutrition education, physical activity, and related issues that affect student health. So that was a policy. That's a policy we have um, per our school committee. Um, and that really drives our purpose for the committee um, to work on a variety of initiatives that have occurred um, throughout the years. That Just, fall under one of those three topics. That fall much. under yeah. those three topics. Okay. Um, we last year, I can talk uh, speak specifically about we were able to expand our weekend backpack program um, in partnership with the Franklin Food Pantry to all six of our elementary schools and the ECDC, okay. which provides um, students um, who are food insecure to uh, allow them to have food to bring home um, for the weekend. For the weekend, yeah. yes. So they'll have a backpack available that is stuffed with, uh, you know, kid friendly snacks and, and things like that that they can bring home, correct? Yes, and um, we're lucky uh, working with the Franklin Food Pantry. They've put together recommended lists of items that are nutritious and healthy so that um, the food that goes home um, has that, that also has that benefit and that value for families. It's a great program, great program. Yes. So, is there anything else? I'm, I'm obviously new, so I would love to know a little bit about what, what else happened last year. <laughs> sure, sure. So we were able to expand. We have a morning breakfast program and it originally had started um, as a pilot in, in certain schools. And last year we expanded it to all schools, K through 12, to provide breakfast uh, for students. That's fantastic. School. It's hard to start a day without breakfast. <laughs> they, they say it's the most important meal yep. of the day. So, <laughs> I've heard um, that once or twice. For sure. Um, all right. So then obviously we're going to be hearing more about what is going on now in our committees uh, and, and all the great initiatives happening this year from not only you, but all of the members of uh, the current 2019-2020 uh, uh, SWAC committee. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you would like to share about, about SWAC before, before we hear from our committee members? 
members? I, I would just say that uh, our committee continues to evolve and grow, and I think um, I'm really excited about what the future will bring because the committee members that we have are really dedicated folks within our community and within our school system that want to see nutrition, physical activity, and mental health um, continue to uh, be held in, in high regard and importance. and. They've really worked to prioritize and build partnerships across our community um, with local farmers and different uh, areas, which you'll hear about, um, to really make this successful and really support our ultimately our students in our community. Yeah, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful committee. I'm, I'm actually very excited to be part of it. So one of the subcommittees of our SWAC committee is for nutrition, and they have many programs happening. I'm joined by Miriam Goodman and Colin Boisvert, and they're here to share a little bit about what the nutrition subcommittee has been working on. So the first thing that we were going to talk about is the Winter Farmer's Market, which is a new addition to our town. We're obviously the community is familiar with the summer farmer's market that happens on the common, but this is new. Uh, would you like to share a little bit about what is happening with that? So the winter farmer's market is happening at Fairmount Fruit Farm. Um, our next date um, is on January 25th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Um, our community members get together and um, sell their produce and other wares uh, and try to help the community uh, learn about what's happening within the agricultural community. Uh, so there's not, um, it's funny, people might think that there's only produce available in the summer. And there's clearly things that are available in the winter as well. What types of uh, vendors are they seeing so there are vendors that uh, certainly sell different vegetables, as well as vendors who sell their crafts. Uh, there, are, there were um, some holiday crafts available. There's also um, the wine vendors oh, um, who sell their craft as well. Um, I'm trying to think of them all. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty large. I, I know I was able to attend the first one, and I was pretty impressed by it. And I know they're, they're also working in conjunction with uh, Franklin Agway. Isn't that? Yes. I, I'm not exactly sure how they're connected, but um, Melanie yes. Hamlin is is sort of helping spearhead the new uh, uh, Winter Farmers Market initiative. So that's certainly something that you can check out. There, as Miriam mentioned, there's one on January 25th, uh, and the other upcoming farmers markets are on February 15th, March 21st, and April 18th. So something to look forward to checking out. Uh, so, Colin, could you share a little bit about the hydroponics program you have going on at Franklin High School? Absolutely. We're in the process of uh, planting now. Uh, FHS, uh, earlier this year, got two new hydroponic garden sets, and we're planning to grow a bunch of fresh herbs, uh, some lettuces, and vegetables to serve uh, at FHS's kitchen. So, what are some examples of what you're growing? So, we're going to be growing cilantro, we're going to be growing parsley, sage, um, maybe a few others going forward, um, and then we're looking at peppers and tomatoes as well. And uh, how much do you think you'll get out of the two? Uh, I think you said you had two hydroponic gardens. How much do you expect to get from that? So, it'll vary on the different products 
products we actually grow. So we're hoping that when we pick a vegetable, um, we can use it as the vegetable of the day and it will uh, grow enough for us to use for that day. I think that's so awesome. It's the tower to table <laughs> happening at the Franklin High School. Uh, it's a very cool program that you're starting there. Now, will the kids be in an, uh, able to see it happening, or is there a group involved, or is it something that's sort of happening in the background? We're sort of still looking at options for getting students involved. Uh, r- right now, it's just FHS's kitchen staff that's uh, getting it started, and once we have it more running, it, yeah. we can get some student involvement. Fantastic. So another example of bringing some fresh local uh produce to our schools and our community is the school gardens and the community gardens. Um, Miriam, how many of the schools are part of this program at this point? Uh, Many of our schools have community gardens located at their schools. Um, The Early Childhood Center has a community garden. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The Parmenter School, Davis there has a garden as well. Um, And we have lots of great volunteers who come out, work with the kids and the teachers to um, plant, to turn over the gardens in the springtime, to plant different seeds and vegetables, um, to harvest it through the summer. Uh, We've also made donations towards uh, a plot at the King Street Community Gardens to allow some of our community members to get together to harvest that plot. People who might not have an opportunity to grow a garden at their own home um, could come out to the King Street Gardens uh, to take part in that with their families and with other families. And the way that people would find out uh, about the community garden, the way they would sign up is through the Recreation Department. Is that that right? So... uh, I know you said that I think we, I had spoken to you another time about that the ECDC actually brought in a family who was working on, you know, coming together and and working on it throughout the summer, taking advantage of the playground and having uh, the kids play while they tended to their little garden plot. So uh, it's just another way that members of our community can have access to fresh produce, uh, the ability to garden and which is just a huge part of nutrition is having some fresh fresh vegetables to eat. So, um, And it's also great to, to give kids the opportunity to learn where their food is coming from, how, where it starts, and um, how it got from the ground all the way up to their table. Absolutely. To see the process from seed to plant to harvest to plate, right? <laughs> um, and Leading right into that, one of the other initiatives of our nutrition, uh, the nutrition subcommittee, was talking about the importance of family dinners. So out on our website right now, there's a a little bulletin out there talking about family dinners and some links to some articles uh, just discussing how important it is for families to try to come together and, you know, sit down and have a meal together. Um, So, Miriam, I know there's a number of articles on there. What do you find are the sort of the main points uh, of why? a family dinner would be, you know, something that parents need to really have in the forefront of their mind, thinking about trying to find a way to make it happen. Well, I think it creates um, uh, good habits for children uh, to learn about food. It certainly promotes conversation within your family. And um, I think statistically, kids uh, who sit down to dinner at the table with their family uh, improve their vocabulary. Um, I think that it's uh, an opportunity for kids to try new foods uh, and learn about different foods uh, and and, um, just have some family time together to come together as a cohesive unit and build community. Yep. And it's it's hard. I mean, it's tricky today. People Definitely. are going in a million different directions, whether it's practice or 
uh, you know, parents who work a second or a third shift or just different schedules. Sometimes the kids work after school. Uh, but just sort of putting out that idea uh, for families to do their best to try to make, like you said, make that connection and have that family time together. So if anyone is interested in any of the articles related to that, you can find it on our website, uh, just on the homepage of franklinps.net. Uh, if you click on it, you'll find a lot of really great articles about family dinners and all the benefits that come out of that. Um, so is there anything else that I missed? Oh, pollinator pastures, right? Isn't there something going on with that? <laughs> yes, we have. Um, we're looking in the springtime to plant a pollinator pasture at the Jefferson School. It's going to be um, at the front of the school to the left. Uh, we're working with Agway uh, and Melanie Hamblin and some teachers at Jefferson School to uh, put in some, some plants that will attract some more pollinators because without pollinators, you know, and bees, and uh, we're not going to have the fruits and vegetables that we're growing that will en eventually end up on our plates. Yes, it's a huge part of the whole process of getting that seed to grow and show up on our plate. One of the subcommittees of our SWAC committee is focusing on mental health. I'm joined by Hannah McLean, who is an FHS student. You're a senior, right? I'm a junior. Oh, you're a junior. I didn't realize that. And I'm also joined by Kristen Latonder, the Director of Health and Physical Education for Franklin Public Schools. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having us on today. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. So Hannah has been hard at work. Uh, working on some curriculum for the middle schools in Franklin uh, regarding mental health and mental health awareness. Hannah, could you fill us in a little bit on what you've been working on? So um, in my project, we are stressing the importance of mental health awareness and neurological diversity awareness in the middle schools. So with that being said, I created a lesson plan for the sixth graders to incorporate into their bullying curriculum. I have created this lesson plan to teach to the middle school teachers who are going to incorporate this into their curriculum. So with that, they're going to be raising awareness of neurological diversity and how everybody is different. And that will be able to kind of prevent bullying and the goal is is to be able to enforce patience, empathy, and understanding towards others who might have differences. Wow, I'm super impressed by the work that you've been doing. So uh, you pretty much created a curriculum for the students to be working on, is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. And then, so Hannah, Kristen, I know you know a little bit more about the background of, of all the work that Hannah's been doing. Can you share a little bit about the steps that she's taken in order to implement this at the schools? Absolutely. Hannah's very modest. She's, <laughs> she and I have been working together for two years. It truly was Hannah's idea um, in just looking at the landscape of our students, and uh, which is really great anytime that curriculum is student-driven. Um, and it's really great. So Hannah and I have been working together um, over the past two years, and she's been working really hard um, looking at best practices in the field related to mental health, working with researchers from, correct me if I'm wrong, Boston Children's Hospital. Boston Children's and Bradley Hospital. And Bradley Hospital. Um, so Hannah's done a lot, uh, and we've worked together, and um, I've kind of been the coordinator of a lot of this, where um, our health and PE teachers at the middle level um, have given up some of their meeting time to work with Hannah, and it's really been a collaborative collaborative effort. Hannah has developed the lesson. She's actually taught our middle school teachers the lesson. Um, they've looked at standards and implementation plans together and really made it um, a great program that's going to be implemented um, to our middle school students. So Hannah has also been working on um, Mental Health Awareness Day. And again, she's done all the research and um, is developing a plan to implement to our students on Mental Health Awareness Days. And we're going to be meeting with principals at um, 
all the middle schools next week, actually, to talk about what that's going to look like on their mental health awareness days this spring. That's fantastic, Hannah. I'm super impressed by the work that you've been doing and all of the uh, the good that's going to come out of it. So I, I have to you know, just make sure I share that. I think you're a pretty impressive uh, young lady. And uh, obviously you have a wonderful person to win, Kristen, to help you make all this stuff happen. So uh, thank you both so much for joining us today and sharing all the work that you've been doing. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks much. for having us. So we're also joined by Greg Lee, who is the school psychologist, one of the school psychologists for Franklin Public Schools. And uh, obviously he is extremely interested in the work that Hannah and Kristen have been doing. Greg, uh, what do you feel the impact uh, or what are you hoping to see come out of all the hard work that they've been doing? I think that Hannah is in a great position as a student to be introducing these topics to both students and teachers. our teachers and students have been hearing from counselors for many years about the importance of these issues, uh, but not quite as a uh, real specific targeted goal as Hannah is introducing to them. So she's really focusing on bullying as well as the neurological diversity, which is more important these days than ever before. And coming from a student really is a powerful way to send that message that she may have experienced some things and she can share from her own personal life. Uh, And students are just much more open to hearing from other students that way. And I think that's really a fabulous opportunity for for mental health uh, to move forward in Franklin. I agree with you completely. Having uh, you know another student be the one who's delivering the message, uh, it's just a different voice uh, for the children to listen to and for the students to hear from. And I'm sure they take it in a different way when it's coming from someone who they look at as a little bit more of a peer yes, exactly. uh, rather than a teacher. So. That's right. Yeah. And Hannah has numerous occasions spoken very personally about her life. She's incredibly open and willing to share that. And I think it's uh, so commendable that she's willing to bring that to others and really share that. Yep, she's one impressive young lady. Yes, she uh, is. (laughs) She's knowledgeable, and I think that's going to serve as a great potential to move Great. We'll look forward to hearing about what is coming out of her work uh, in the middle schools. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Another uh, piece of the Mental Health Awareness uh, Subcommittee from SWAC is talking about the importance of attendance. So I'm joined by Shannon Barca, who is the principal at Parmenter School. And Shannon and I have been working on some PSAs on uh, the importance of attendance. And she's here just to share a little bit of insights uh, about what she sees going on, not just in her school, but district-wide, as far as the absenteeism and the work that is we are doing in order to get attendance to be a little bit more in the forefront of families' minds. So, hi, Shannon. Hi, Anne-Marie. <laughs> uh, so... First of all, one of the reasons that attendance matters uh, came to the forefront is because you were finding that there was, uh, not just again in your school, but district-wide, the problem of chronic absenteeism is something that is having an effect on our students. Is that 
correct? Yes, yes. We've seen an increase in chronic absenteeism over the last couple of years. Um, and we define that as 10% or more of absences. Um, and I've been checking that month by month. So the numbers change depending on how far into school we are. And a couple of years ago, I found the need to stay on track with that. So rather than just looking at the end of the year at our attendance data, I really need to start looking in October uh, because that's how patterns are formed. So we send monthly communication out to families who are meeting that chronic absenteeism statistic um, and making sure that we're stopping that pattern sooner rather than later. Gotcha. And obviously, um, trying to get this idea of the importance of attendance in not just the family's uh, minds, but in the students' minds at the youngest age uh, is important as well. So Mm -hmm. Uh, because, like you said, it creates a pattern. So starting this initiative uh, right away in kindergarten is important. I agree. I agree. And we do um, have what we call diversion meetings where we have local and state agencies come together for a meeting with the families and myself um, as needed when we see that percentage get up or if we see a pattern in this chronic absenteeism over the last couple of years. We have had families of kindergarten students. um, And the most important message here is that these diversion meetings are not uh, punitive. So while we may have state and local agencies such as DCF and Quincy Family Resource, U Inc., our school resource officer in Norfolk, court, it sounds very scary when when you don't know a whole lot of what they do. But uh, these agencies actually provide so many supports and resources. So it's an opportunity to bring them together with certain families so that we can offer different supports and resources to help get their children to school. That's the ultimate goal. That's it right there. Get them into the classroom so they can do the necessary learning and and get all of the work done that they need to get done to grow. I, I agree. And it's not just about the academic growth but it's about their social-emotional growth as well. And at these young ages, it's so important to form authentic relationships. And when you're not there consistently, it's really hard to develop meaningful relationships. So we want to help build that as well in these children. And I feel like it's also such a source of stress. Um, You know, I know how I, I still remember how I would feel, you know, when I was out even just sick and you come in and and you're not sure what's going on or you missed a lesson or you missed something. And, um, you know, just from, again, thinking from a mental health standpoint, uh, there's certainly a stress component there for children. Yeah, absolutely. And Anne-Marie, you bring up a good point. So when you you were sick and you were out, that's one thing I want to be clear about, too, especially here we are sitting in the middle of flu season, yes. um, that we certainly don't want children coming to school when they're truly sick, um, if they have a fever, if they're vomiting. Um, and we do have that policy out there. Uh, so this is really a, aside from when you're truly sick and, and you're building up these, these absences. You know, how can we help intervene? And it also comes down to vacation, too. Yes. Oh, yes. There's definitely been an increase in families taking vacation outside of the school vacation time. So we're hoping that we can communicate the importance of sticking to those school vacations. Uh, So one of the things that Shannon and I worked on uh, is uh, sort of a PSA to our families. And you can find it on our website at Uh, franklinps.net. I was struck by uh, we. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. We used a great resource. 
called Attendance Works. Works. And uh, we took a lot of information from them and sort of tailored it to meet our our Franklin community. And I was completely struck by uh, the statistics behind it. And you can find the statistics sheet on our website if you click on the bulletin item titled Attendance Matters. Just how quickly the uh, absentees add up into really large amounts of time that children miss school. Uh, For example, if your child misses one day of school every two weeks, that equals 20 days out of the school year that they miss. And that's just an incredible amount of uh, time on learning. Yeah, yeah, and that equals four weeks per year. It really is. It, it's it's very staggering. So just, And, and it's not just absenteeism. It's also uh, being late. Um, I know how I feel when I run in somewhere late. It's just this sort of stressed-out feeling. So uh, if your child is late to school, too, that I know it might seem only like you know, 10 minutes isn't that big of a deal, but it adds up, and it really... Uh, is an important part of them starting their day in in a sort of ready to go, fresh yeah, start to the to the school day. And sometimes families think um, if they're only five minutes late, it's it's not that big of a deal. But I think what's important to get out there is that if a child is coming in five minutes late, they're starting their day off by typically running into school, so they're already stressed out, and then they get to the classroom five or ten minutes late, uh, and then they have to unpack all of their belongings, meet with the teacher about anything about their routine for that day, and the rest of the class has already moved on from that routine, and they're now deep into learning. We start our learning right when that bell rings. The kids get in, they unpack, and they go right to their morning work or morning meeting, which, again, is a social-emotional learning component. So so that five minutes has a big impact. It has a very big impact. It really does, yes. So one of the things that you mentioned was was you uh, Inc. Yes. And I know that's something that Parmenter has been working mm-hmm. on. Could you share just a little bit about that? Absolutely. We're so fortunate to have partnered with U Inc. Um, this is our second year of our partnership. And U Inc. is an outstanding organization that provides individual and family resources and supports. Um, they are um, housed out of Milford right now, but they provide outside counseling for students who, for whatever reason, are not able to get to counseling outside of the school day. Uh, It could be because of transportation. It could be uh, because there's a waiting list and the child really needs that counseling service and they can't get on there. There's a number of reasons why um, a lot of our students are not able to get to their counseling sessions outside of the school day. So what U Inc. does is provide the outside counseling sessions within our school setting. Okay, gotcha. It's not only does U Inc. provide these services to our students, uh, but they expand the services for any any type of family need or family services or resources that they may need as well. Wow, that sounds like an incredible program. It is, it is. We're very fortunate. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. Thank Um, you. This has been great being here with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. So the last subcommittee that we're hearing from as part of the SWAC is uh, focuses on physical activity. So I'm joined again by Kristen Latonder, the Director of Health and Physical Education for Franklin Public Schools, and also by Chris Naylor, who is the Director of our Lifelong Learning Institute. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us. (laughs) (laughs) So as part of the physical activity portion of the SWAC committee, uh, what are some of the initiatives that you have uh, happening in your in your areas? Uh, so lifelong learning uh, through our solutions program offers extended learning activities 
And one of these specifically is morning movement. So we look for teachers at all six of the elementary schools to offer opportunities for the students to come in and start their day off with some physical activity. That could be yoga. uh, It might be playing popular physical education games. Or it might just be taking a walk or a run around the school. Just something to get their their blood pumping and start the day off right. Nice and woken up and ready to go, ready to learn. Yes. (laughs) So I know uh, my... um, one of the programs is the yoga program. Is that correct? I remember my yes. daughter took advantage of that one when she was in school, and it was, was wonderful. She loved it. She really looked forward to it. So, yes. uh, and these are these are all taught by teachers in Franklin Public Schools. Is that correct? Right. We reach out at the beginning of uh, each semester, if you will, fall and spring, uh, to the teachers. Uh, ESPs could apply as well. And they're usually offered in the teacher's classroom, uh, sometimes the gymnasium. And, yeah. And they run for approximately six to eight weeks? Uh, right, six to eight weeks. Right? It's it's flexible depending on what the school schedule looks like and the availability of the instructor. So as far as timing goes right now, are there ones that are coming up or is there already registration happening for spring? Or where where is the program at right now? Uh, right. So right now we're about to send out notices over at Kennedy because we know that yoga is going to be running again this spring. And then otherwise we're going to be reaching out within the next week to all the other schools to see what interest there might be. Great. Well, so anyone out there who's listening, you can look for the opportunities on the Lifelong Learning right. website. You can look at franklinlifelonglearning.com or in each of the schools, we'll actually send home flyers specific to the opportunities that are available. Perfect. Thank you so much. Sure. And uh, Kristen, I know one of the things you've been working on is not only including children uh, in physical activities, but also uh, staff opportunities. Yeah, we've been looking um, to offer opportunities or at least facilitate opportunities for staff. Um, We do have some teachers that are organically walking um, or exercising together, even playing basketball on Friday. So there's some things that are starting to happen in pockets, and we're just hoping that more of that continues. Fantastic. Well, obviously, the the high school has... Is it a great facility to Absolutely. have things like that occur just naturally? Yeah, the walking track helps with that, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the other things that is exciting coming out of not just the high school, but also all three middle schools this year is Ski Club. Yeah, Ski Club has been long standing at the high school for a lot of years. It's always a popular activity for students. Um, but this year, we're excited to say that all middle schools have packed buses going to watch you sit on the same day which is Tuesdays as the high school so that's fantastic for schools thing for them that's awesome yeah all right well thank you both so much for joining and we'll look forward to seeing what else is coming up uh out of uh SWAC and the physical activity and thank you for the work you're doing thank you thank you So I wanted to thank all of the members of the SWAT committee for taking the time to share all of the great work uh, that they've been doing so far this year and all the initiatives that they have started or part of uh, and their time and dedication to our students, um, our faculty, and in many ways to the community of Franklin. So thank you to all of the members who are here with us today. And we are really excited to see what comes out of uh, all the work that we're doing uh, in SWAC and what's to come. And uh, we'll keep you updated. You can find out more about the SWAC committee on our website, franklinps.net. And uh, if you can type SWAC in the search bar, you can find out more information there. And we look forward to hearing. uh, If you have any questions about SWAC, you can email us at fpsvoice 
at franklinps.net. And we look forward to sharing some more uh, about SWAC as we go. So keep tuning in to FPS Voice. We will be launching a new episode in March. And thank you so much, Franklin. Bye-bye.